Welcome back to another episode of Heart on the Hill. As always, I'm your host, Micah Hart. Thanks for tuning in today. Now, a lot has been going on in Washington, D.C. this week. As always, it's Washington, D.C. I mean, something's going to go on every day. But I'd really love to just, before I jump into some new things going on, just share an update on some stories that I discussed last week that have progressed. So without further ado, let's get into things. According to CNN, Representative George Santos of New York told the House GOP conference that he wants to be removed from his two committee assignments until things get resolved. As I discussed earlier um, previously on my show, Santos is being investigated and has lied about his resume, his work experience, among other things. And so he is currently technically a member of both the Committee on Science, Space and Technology and the Committee on Small Businesses. He is currently facing an investigation into his finances, and this comes with all of his issues that have already been disclosed to everyone and everyone knows about that Santos has already brought up and some things he has actually said, no, that didn't happen, um, and I was telling the truth, and there's other things he's like, yeah, I did maybe make some things up about that. So there's a lot going on with this representative who's newly elected to Congress, mind, me, mind you, and now he's saying, you know, I will step aside while this is being resolved. And personally, I think that's the right move. I think that this should be the case in all these situations that a person should be willing to step aside and allow an investigation to ensue and let that chart its course and see what happens. As I said before, I do think um, Representative Santos should resign, given what we know already, just the fa- the basic facts we know about him making up. He should resign because as I've said, it's just corrupt. And these people who voted for him, he may not have done anything as far as we know that's completely illegal, but these people who voted for him trusted him and they voted for a specific person. And the person they voted for is not the person who they have in office. And that's not okay in any sense. And so I personally still think he should resign, but I will applaud him for saying, yeah, I'm going to step aside. I think that's the best for everyone. So this is definitely going to be a long-term story that I will definitely keep reporting on because it has a lot of implications too with the number of representatives right now and how that all plays out and how big the Republicans majority is, which obviously right now it's very slim and they don't want to lose any members. So we'll see where that takes us in the coming weeks. Democrat Representative Ilhan Omar has been removed from her position on the Foreign Affairs Committee. According to the New York Times, a Minnesota congresswoman was removed after previous comments about Israel that have been deemed by many as anti-Semitic. The vote was a party-line vote of 218 to 211, with one member voting present. The member who did vote present was Republican Representative David Joyce of Ohio. Now, this all comes as Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia and Representative Paul Gosar of Arizona were removed from their seats in committees when the House was controlled by the Democrats, and they were removed because of controversial social media posts, some of which promoted violence against the Democrats. Interestingly enough, as the Washington Post reports, Representative Joyce, who voted present, also did so when Gosar was in Omar's shoes, last cycle and when the Democrats were in control and he serves on the House Ethics Committee and he feared a conflict of interest in voting a certain way. 
Now, Fox News is reporting that the White House is calling this a political stunt by the Republican Party. Here, take a listen to this. Congresswoman Omar is highly respected member of Congress. Uh, she has apologized for her comments she made in the past. I think she was most recently uh, uh, did an, an extensive interview about this on Sunday, I believe on CNN, and has been vocal about condemning anti-Semitism as well as affirming our strong alliance and important partner partnership with Israel. Uh, look, the way that we see this, it's a political stunt. Uh, much like House Republicans' unjust, unjust removal of other leading Democrats from key committees uh, in recent weeks, and it is a disservice to the American people. Now, personally, I think this is a smart move to oust her from that seat. Omar has made some anti-Semitic comments in the past, and as I've said before, none of those comments should be accepted. They should never be given any space they should just not even happen but sadly they do because we live in a broken world so if they do there should be repercussions and she should be taken off that committee specifically especially it being the foreign affairs committee there's a lot of weight to that so i think with all of that knowing all we do about her positions and being on this specific committee it makes a lot of sense that republicans did this and also what democrats did last time to republicans and you know i'm I, I've said this before, you know, I have I believe in conservative principles and values, but, you know, Representatives Green and Gosar, if they're promoting like violence against Democrats or whatever they were saying on social media, there should be actions as well. Every politician should be held to a standard. Um, every person should be held to a standard, but specifically politicians need to be held to certain standards when they're in office. And people shouldn't just be treating people regardless. That way, even with party lines now where people are so much in their parties and rah, rah, my team, rah, rah, my team, there should still be this sense of, okay, we're people at the end of the day. We are more than just a party label. And it seems to be that that is evaporating. And that's terrible and concerning to me. And, you know, both sides need to be called out for what it is. And I think things should be done to ensure that there is accountability in our government and there's at least some respect and there's some something more there that pushes them to be better people which would then make them i believe better representatives of us we the people but obviously this will be interesting to see how everything plays out as well with what democrats really try to do especially since they do hold the senate and they still have the white house and biden has their team has responded to this so they think it's a political stunt. So it's going to be interesting really to see how things such as this, which, you know, maybe people may be like, oh, it's just a Minnesota congresswoman's seat on a committee, whatever. But there are implications for things like this that have much bigger outcomes than I think we think at first. And this will definitely, I think, be a story that we look at and see how it affects foreign affairs committees, see how it affects even Biden and things he said. I mean, Biden's giving a seat of the union soon. Let's see what he even does and if does he go after Republicans in a certain way for certain things. It will be very interesting to see how all of that plays out. NBC News reported earlier this week that the Michigan Republican Party is struggling with leaders trying to figure out where to go from Trump, and they had pretty significant losses this past election cycle. For the first time in 40 years, the Republicans are in control of none of the state government branches. On top of this, the Republicans in Michigan are looking to find a new GOP leader, which is currently being led by two midterm election losers, Christina Caramo and Matt DiPerno. 
Karamo lost her race for Secretary of State by 14 points. DePerno ran for Attorney General and lost by 8.7 points. If this drama was not enough, the race has 11 people in it so far, and former President Trump has already made his presence known by endorsing DePerno. In addition to all of this, back in December, um, 18 Republican lawmakers signed a hand-delivered letter to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis urging him to run for president. And lastly, to top all this off, Michigan has an open Senate seat in 2024, with Democrat incumbent Debbie Stabenow not seeking re-election. Now, obviously, I'm in Michigan right now. This is a huge story for the Michigan GOP, just Michigan in general. Anyways, all of these things that are going together right now. The Michigan GOP is at a crossroads right now, just like a lot of swing states are. And I truly believe that. I think there is a lot to consider right now where Republicans move forward. What do we do after Donald Trump? Because, you know, even if he did win in 2024, where do you go after that? What What's next? There has to be something more than Trump. You can't just depend on a person. It's the party moving forward. And what does Michigan want? That's the thing, too. You saw huge election losses in Michigan this past election cycle. And on top of that, throughout the country, Republicans didn't fare as well as they thought they would. There was this trickle, not a red wave that we saw, as I've talked about before. So what should happen now? Should Republicans still stay with Trump in Michigan and across the country, but right now mainly I'm talking about Michigan. Should they continue going with like DePerno in this case who Trump endorsed or do they start to chart their own territory? And as we saw with the letter to DeSantis, it seems like that there is this kind of break and push happening where, you know, Trump was good and his ideology is good and what he did for our country was good, but there's more past that. It's not just Trump. And personally, I do think that needs to happen. I think Michigan isn't as conservative, obviously, as other states like Texas and some other southern states that are very, very conservative and have very conservative lawmakers. I don't think Michigan's that anymore. I don't think Michigan has the ability to be that right now. So you need somebody in there who may be a little more close to the middle. And I'm not saying they should completely be in the middle. I think that you Republicans still need to put somebody who has strong conservative values up. But you should maybe get somebody less controversial than Caramo and DePerno. Maybe that's the idea we need to look forward to in Michigan. And I think it's just, I think this is going to be a big thing as we go into 2024, not just for the president, but for that Senate seat. That's a huge pickup Republicans could have. And they can't blow it. They can't mess up on that. That is a pickup they need. They need to start winning things and they need to start winning the Senate back because the Senate is huge and Michigan is a seat there is a possibility of if they pick the right candidate. You have to look at a field and say, who is the most electable? And sometimes in primaries, I think that is an issue that we face is that sometimes the people who go out and vote in primaries are your most Republican or most Democrat voters. So they're going to pick that person that's really strong, really strong to their values, which is great, you know? Yeah, get somebody in there who's strong, conservative, strong, Democrat, whatever your opinion may be. But also, what does that then do? Does it alienate people from voting for that person in general? And that's something to look at voting in a primary. And I think as I've been now able to vote um, in elections, I've considered that too. Do I vote for the person I think is the best leader, the best person of this party? Or do I vote for the person who I think has the best chance of winning but still holds to their principles? I think that's something 
to really consider and something I've been considering as I've watched politics morph much more recently where you get some candidates in some especially swing states recently who are very far to the left or to the right and they lose in a general I'm right now specifically thinking of like Arizona maybe Pennsylvania places like that where you have some candidates who just they just couldn't get that support and get past the finish line and I I don't there might there are probably several reasons for that but I really genuinely do think that it's it there is this sense of people don't just want people who continue to alienate people want someone who unites people want somebody who's going to do something for our country and I think Sometimes that the best person can be found in somebody a little closer to the middle. Not, as I said, not middle, but closer. Somebody who I think has more interests in mind. And I think that'll be interesting to watch, especially as the 2024 presidential election heats up as well. What do each party go with? I think Democrats are in an interesting position with Joe Biden and what they do with him because he's president. Where do you go from there? But Republicans, too, now you have somebody who was president, President Trump, running again for the third time because he lost his second time. And then you have a bunch of other people who may run who are all pretty qualified people. So where, what do you do now? Where do you go from here? Do you stick with what you had who won then lost and we don't know now? Or do you go with somebody new who maybe has those ideas or falls a little bit more middle, but like is new, fresh face? What, where, where's the direction going to head? And I think that will be something to heavily watch, especially early on in the primaries to see what states like South Carolina do and who they go with. I think it will be a very big indicator of where our country's heading. According to Politico, Alaska Representative Mary Peltola, a Democrat, just hired a Republican who ran against her for the job she now has. Josh Rayback is set to serve as Peltola's state director. Rayback was a state senator previously, and he came in 10th in the special election against Peltola. Now, Peltola has also taken on Alex Ortiz on staff, who was the last chief of staff for Republican Representative Dong Young, who Peltola replaced. I think this is a really interesting story, and I, I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is great. I truly think things like this are wonderful. I like to see bipartisanship, I think, you know, I think it's becoming harder with bipartisanship because of how different both parties are becoming. But I think seeing things like this, I do appreciate because I do think a representative needs to know, you know, not everyone voted for me. And I, at the end of the day, it's my decision what I do, but I can also listen to people from other viewpoints, from the other party, from other walks of life that don't agree with me. And I, at the end of the day, will always have that final decision but I can listen to them and hear their thoughts and why do they think that way? I think that's a big issue in modern day America is that we don't listen to people. We don't listen to why they think that way. We just, once somebody says their opinion, we're done. We shut down. We don't listen. And I appreciate when people can step back and say, okay, I'll listen to you. We will never probably agree on this, but I'm willing to listen and have a conversation because that's what that's what this is supposed to be about, a conversation. It's not supposed to be, oh, I can't talk to you or I can't work with you because this opinion, that opinion. It's supposed to be, okay, we disagree, 
let's figure out why we disagree and just discuss it. And I, yeah, as I said, I probably will never agree with you, but we can at least talk about it and have a respectable conversation that isn't just yelling and arguing or, you know, one person talking, the other person just getting basically yelled at the whole time. So I really do appreciate um, Representative Peltola doing this and taking action to try to do that, especially in Alaska, where you had Young before who was Republican. She's trying to mend some bridges, I think, which is pretty great. The House passed a resolution on Thursday to denounce socialism. According to The Hill, the vote was 328 to 86 to 14, with 109 Democrats siding with the Republicans. 14 members voted present. Now, this bill aims to at expressing the dangers that socialism possesses. In a statement from Florida Republican Representative Maria Salazar, who reintroduced the bill with Majority Leader Steve Scalise, it says, and I quote, Passing this resolution would make a bold statement that the People's House unequivocally denounces this cruel and unjust ideology. It would also ensure the United States commits to never being or normalize the implementation of socialist policies that inevitably lead to economic ruin and political authoritarianism, end quote. Now, Representative Kim, who is a Republican from California, had this to say when debating the bill on the floor. If you want to see the difference between socialism and freedom, take a look at North Korea at night versus South Korea. As an immigrant who grew up in South Korea during the aftermath of the Korean War, I know firsthand the horror, the destruction that socialism has brought to millions of families in the Korean Peninsula under the evil regime of Kim Dynasty, from Kim Il-sung to Kim Jong-il to now Kim Jong-un. Socialism divided my family and friends between North and South. My mother-in-law, for example, she crossed over DMZ and back multiple times to rescue loved ones from the tyrannical North Korean regime, and tens of thousands of war-torn families remain separated to this day. Meanwhile, famines and the daily threats of a nuclear war in East Asia persist. Although I was just a young girl, I remember the hope embodied by those brave soldiers who defended the freedoms of a country they never knew and a people they never met. It is because of them that I stand before you today as one of the first Korean-American women to serve in Congress. The United States must continue to stand as a beacon of freedom, hope, and opportunity for the world. I urge my colleagues from both sides of the aisle to join us to say no to socialism. Now, I think this is a, a, a very important bill. I think as we continued throughout the last few years specifically, we've seen this rise in socialism, democratic socialism from some representatives, the squad particularly. And it's concerning. I mean, I, I, was, I had the privilege of being in D.C. this past summer and learning about things with socialism and other ideologies that have caused countries to fall, have destroyed the very frameworks of a nation, have hurt people, ruined people's lives, killed people. And I think something like this is needed and has been needed for a long time to say we are not going to resort to this. We are better than this. We were founded on principles of a life 
liberty, the pursuit of happiness. We were founded on these ideals. Then these are the ideals we're going to go for. And socialism cannot bring that about. And that is why I so appreciate something like this in this Republican-led house. I think it needs to be said. Sadly, it needs to be said. It shouldn't have to be. We should all just be able to assume, you know, that's dangerous. But people can't understand that. And that is why it needed to be said. And I'm proud of representatives who have stood up and said, you know what? Yeah. And the Democrats, too, who went sided with this. That's huge. I think it wasn't just a party line vote. It's people saying, you know, we see this as an issue. Let's denounce it. Let's denounce it. And I think that as we continue through the next few years, I think it's a real turning point what we see our country heading. Do we head towards socialism or do we not? Where do we go from here? As I've said before, I think right now is a time of crossroads for our country in the next few years will really be that where we end up charting our own course as we've always done. But I think we're really charting a big, significant historical moment where we decide if we continue to pursue excellence, pursue virtuous things, be a good country, be a country by and for her people, or if we just resort to socialism and things like that, that I truly believe will ultimately hurt this country and destroy and rip the fabric of this nation apart. So I think it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. Well, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Heart on the Hill. I greatly appreciate you listening today and just really hearing about what's going on in our country. There is so much going on that I didn't get to talk about. So I hope you go from here and listen to some more news, find out what's going on, and then make your own opinions. Be involved. Try to just learn as much as you can because, honestly, that's the most we can do it, um, as citizens is Learn what's going on and then try to get involved. Say something when you think something's wrong. Applaud your congress member when you think something's right. Do what you can. I hope that you have a great week and that you just are able to rest, have a great time, and don't get too stressed by the news and what's going on in our government. It's not worth it. Believe me, I'm saying that and I love politics and I love the news. It's not worth it, though. Life is so much more than politics, the right, the left, whatever. So much more than that. I'm Micah Hart from Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.